are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. Spoiler alert! No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot, or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. The Marvels, which came out in 2023, and was directed by Nia DaCosta. It stars Brie Larson, Teona Paris, Iman Vellani, Zoe Ashton, Park Se-Joon, Gary Lewis, Zenobia Shroff, Mohan Kapoor, Sigar Sheik, Lashana Lynch, and Samuel L. Jackson. The genre would be superhero action comedy. Captain Rambo? What the hell are you doing? Entering the jump point perimeter. I'm gonna get you some readings, Fury. Fire. Hello? Monica. Hello? We're looking for Kamala Khan. Okay, so our powers are entangled. I can manipulate light energy. And you, I could totally show you. We're a team. Oh, no, 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 we're not a team. We're not a team. Yeah, I likely did myself a disservice deciding to see this one after having not only missed most of the recent MCU movies since Endgame, but pretty much all the Disney Plus Marvel shows as well. But I gotta admit that I was quite curious to see this regardless. I wasn't a fan of that first Captain Marvel, nor Brie Larson's performance. And yet this one was more of an ensemble, with a pretty entertaining trailer to boot. And it's directed by someone, Nia DaCosta, who delivered one of the most stylish horror films of recent years, previous episode, 2021's reboot of Candyman. And given that, well, I was utterly lost for a sizable chunk of the movie. I had no clue who the Klees, I don't know, an alien race of modern painters, or the Skulls were. Plus, no real grasp of the actual power sets of our three main lead heroes. Sorry. I mean, this one can fly while the other can power punch, also creating giant candy shells. And the other one, I think, can fly and could also see through the sky beams. So what's new? Where's my sister? Yeah. I'm thinking that our joint exposure to these unsteady jump points and our susceptibility to electromagnetic energy has temporarily entangled our world lines. Yeah, that right there. Uh, Entanglement, our light powers are entangled, so we switch places whenever we use them at the same time. Which would mean Kamala... When did you get powers? I walked through a radiation shielding barrier of a witch hex, and now I can manipulate and see all wavelengths of the electromagnetic spectrum. I'm very happy for you. Oh, and there are also powerful cats, too, with the ability to suck up multiple people. Sure. It's actually a genuine highlight for the movie. I'll get to that in a bit. The film felt very patched together, but fortunately, based on the chemistry of the three main leads, it held my attention for the most part. I think Larson is actually markedly better in the sequel, as she has good folks to bounce off of this time around. Hi. Hi. They don't seem related. Bilkul Whatever use of families are complicated. 
Monica, you want to fill Carol in on your working theory? Uh, yeah. Um, hi, Captain Marvel. It is so good to see you, Lieutenant Trouble. You too. And it's Captain Rambo now. Though her Carol Danvers is still kind of the weakest character of the main three. And to be fair, that's also because the other two are just fun to watch. I've not actually seen Tiana Paris before playing Monica Rambeau and consider me impressed because for a relatively thin character on paper with ill-defined powers, she sells it well with wit, urgency, and intelligence. Even with all this techno-babble gobbledygook that she has to trade with Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury for the first half, she makes it engaging and certainly much more so than Colby, quote, insert facial expressions here, Smulders ever did. Sorry, I'm just not a fan of that actress. <laughs> There are also some pretty fun action sequences sprinkled throughout, with generally solidly rendered space vistas. The visual effects are certainly a step up from the last couple of MCU movies, No Way Home and Love and Thunder, that I have seen recently. Though they still haven't quite nailed the green screen of characters flying solo in space. And the main villain, Darben. Eh. As played by Zowie Ashton, she kind of comes off as sympathetic, but hardly menacing. This seems to push. Carla's son died because of you. Why shouldn't you repay us? But I think I felt something for her home planet of Hala towards the end. So there's that. You can use your powers to save Hala. For Hala. And this brings us to the categories. And I'm actually going to combine two of these categories because they're so well linked. And that would be the best needle drop, the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, and the trailer moment. The scene or moment that best describes this movie. Now, tired, overused needle drops have become a disturbing trend in comic book slash superhero movies of late. From Rock and Roll Part 2 in Joker, to Just a Girl in the original Captain Marvel, to a positively ghastly cover slash remix of Toto's Africa featured in Aquaman. Well, when a movie within this genre gets it right, let alone a Marvel movie, I take notice because this movie features one of the most clever needle drops I've heard in years. I kind of alluded to this earlier. As about two-thirds of the way through the Marvels, there's a sequence where our trio of heroes, Kamala Khan's family, and of course Nick Fury, are in a crowded sword ship with about 100 crew members when suddenly Darben opens up a portal nearby, which has already begun to suck up the entire ship. They are under attack and there are not nearly enough escape pods. Yes, it's coming. Look at you. Oh, oh, oh. We only have one escape pod left. We're not running. And wouldn't you know it, Carol Danvers' pet cat, Goose, just had a litter of new kitties. Only these are not actually cats, they're flirkin. As I try to keep a straight face saying this, the flirkin, I don't know why that the word just makes me laugh, are actually an alien creature species which can devour and temporarily swallow other living beings without harming them, using giant tentacles coming out of their mouths. They can even temporarily consume several humans at once, and these small cats can of course fit much more easily on an escape pod. Uh-huh. Well, if I'm being honest, what follows is definitely one of the more uproariously funny sequences that I've seen in a Marvel movie in quite some time. I mean, sorry, this had me laughing as it did most of the audience. We see these little cats saunter all over the spaceship, gradually devouring one human crew member at a time. Running like a 
It's borderline horror, even though it's played for laughs. It's filmed playfully with images of frightened crew members hiding behind corners as the cats come closer. And in a clever bit, we hear an overhead announcement stating that this is all safe, that these cats will not harm them. And even more clever is the needle drop that we eventually hear crescendo over this sequence. It's Barbara Streisand's famous cover of Memory, the signature song from the Broadway smash musical Cats. Get it? Hearing the orchestra build as Streisand's vocals build, and this is a song that I've heard many times before, it's just a sublime mix of music and imagery combining to give us both this film's signature sequence along with its best needle drop. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Now back to Captain Marvel herself and the actress playing her. Okay, I genuinely like Brie Larson as an actress and as a person. Yeah, you heard that right, as a person. Has she expressed her opinions, the actress I mean, in sometimes less than artful manners in press conferences and or interviews? Well, sure, but that does not make her this uppity, woke interloper that so many online trolls are painting her as. Is that if you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there is an insanely low chance a woman of color will have the chance to see your movie and review your movie. And this is also not to mention other people besides white dudes like Star Wars and would love the opportunity to do a set visit. And I'm also saying I don't hate white dudes. I'm just saying... We need to be conscious of our bias and do our part to make sure that everyone is in the room. Honestly, I just think she was miscast from the get-go. That's the sad truth of it. I mean, you can be a very strong actor and still not be the right fit to play a superhero. Or vice versa in the case of Gal Gadot. Sorry, but it's true. You mean you were lying? Larson has just never had the voice nor the physical heft to play such a powerful, otherworldly hero, commanding big movies, big scenes, and in fairness to her, she also just has not gotten the right material so far either. At the time of this recording, it is now looking like the Marvels is shaping up to be a significant box office disappointment for Marvel Studios, even likely to lose money for the studio. And you know what? It's just as well, because that will give Brie Larson greater impetus to just move on from this role. She's a great actress. She doesn't need this. Move on. Do something else. How about a smile from me, huh? A smile? Yeah. I'm offering to help you. The least you could do is give me a smile. How about a handshake? <laughs> I'm Veers. People call me the Don. Wow. Here's a proposition for you. You're going to give me your jacket, your helmet, and your motorcycle, and in return... I'm going to let you keep your hand. Take it. 
What, no smile? And the final category, which would be the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Now, even though this is a three-pronged starring vehicle and pretty much a direct sequel to Captain Marvel, there is one performer who undoubtedly shines above the rest. And yeah, she's actually not Captain Marvel, in case that wasn't already obvious. I'm talking about Kamala Khan, otherwise known as Miss Marvel. As played by Aman Vellani, she ends up dominating this movie and is an utter delight. Do you even know what you are? Villani brings heart, humor, and charisma to what on paper could have been a genuinely tiresome character. Not only wide-eyed, but genuinely empathetic. She portrays the aspiring young hero finding his or her way in a sublime way not seen really since Andrew Garfield first took over for Peter Parker. Now, I've not actually seen any episodes of Miss Marvel, the show she's on, so admittedly, I was pretty behind the eight ball on this character's backstory, including her family back home in Jersey City. First, an apology for not making this announcement sooner, and also for what happened at the wedding. I am so sorry. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, okay. I am the light girl. Oh my god! I had no idea! Oba! You told him already. I only told Abu. Tell Omni. She tells Abu. And we over here because he always has his phone on speaker. Kamala. This is just so incredible. We are all in awe of you. And to this film's detriment, it even felt as if there were likely a couple of emotional beats for her character, which were left on the cutting room floor, all in the interest of keeping the story moving at a very bouncy pace, which it does. It's a pretty short movie, too. Regardless, I was with Aman slash Kamala from the get-go, all the way to that closing scene with the perfunctory but nice cameo. I just really enjoyed watching her character grow from a fangirl novice to an able-bodied participant still eager to learn. And would I see a standalone movie devoted to her character without it feeling rushed? You bet. Aman Vellani is the MVP. Did you think you were the only kid superhero in the world? I'm 23. Oh, I know. I've been reading up on you. What do you want? I'm putting together a team. I know what you want it. Please? My rating for The Marvels would be two and a half stars out of five. I don't know. I I found myself somewhat charmed by much of this movie, and it's hardly the irredeemable train wreck that it's being hyped as. But is it actually good as a standalone viewing experience? Well, among the overall MCU crop that I've seen, maybe, kinda, sorta? (laughs) I mean, I likely enjoyed this more than anything in this franchise directed by the Russo brothers. But then again, I'm also not their biggest fan. I found Winter Soldier to be mildly enjoyable, and I could take or leave the rest. So in conclusion... You could do worse than catching this on Disney+. Plus. How is that for an unqualified endorsement? And yes, of course, if you're looking to watch the Marvels, it is now playing in theaters, and likely soon on Disney+. Plus. And that ends another intergalactic review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.